Eric Alper has read the new book by the boss, and he joins us now. Eric Alper, you can find on Twitter at that Eric Alper, that Eric Alper.com. You've read the new book. I did. I finished the whole book in about 36 straight hours. Is it I got good? a copy of it on Tuesday, put on Born to Run, the album, then went all the way through his entire career. It was kind of like Bruce Springsteen was talking in my head, which is what we would call Thursday around the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's currently the number one book on Amazon, the number one most downloaded book uh, when you're talking about eBooks on iTunes. And uh, he's doing a run of uh, in-store dates in America. He's doing book signings. So um, good for him for doing it. But, oh, is it a, it's such a great read. Here's the thing. If you love reading Bruce Springsteen in interviews, you're going to love it. If you can't understand what he's talking about or don't like him or his politics or where he's from, don't even bother and go pick up the Sammy Davis Jr. Yes, I Can book. <laughs> so, so what is so unique about this book then? Because, I mean, he's had an, he's had an incredibly long career an incredibly long career, which is unique, but that doesn't necessarily make his stories good. Yeah, and you sometimes, you know, when when if you're a fan of Springsteen, you never quite know who he's singing about. You don't know how, what kind of autobiographical facts are actually in his songs. He still, till, still to this day, won't really divulge who the characters are that he's talking about in a song like Born to Run. Um, Some say it's really about his parents. Some say it's really about him. But I think what makes it different from every other autobiography from a rock star out there is that it came from a very, very innocent place. When when Springsteen and the band was performing at, um, at the Super Bowl back in 2009, he was so high on adrenaline that when he got back to his hotel room, there was nothing for him to do. And instead, he started writing for the one of the very first times in a journal. And he started just pouring out how he got to this place where he played in front of 100 million people and at the time was rated one of the best Super Bowl halftime shows ever. And I think because it came from a very innocent place rather than, here's a seven-figure check from a book publisher, I want you to sit down and I need a deadline in four weeks to get your book out. He's been very, very frank with a lot of things that have come out in the book, and most, most notably, his very severe depression that he was facing and that he went through from about 1984 to about 1996, times when he was the biggest selling artist in the world, but he still couldn't generate enough energy or enough happiness to get out of bed. And um, that was a really tough amount of pages to read, because I think we've all been touched by depression, and we've all been touched by by people who you could say, oh, you just have to be happy. What do you have to be unhappy about? But he's gone through a lot of trouble and a lot of um, a lot of kissing the dirt on the ground in order to make sure that he still maintained his career in music throughout the years, even when he was one of the biggest selling artists of our time. Eric Alper joining us, uh, our music guru, as we go through uh, Bruce Springsteen's new book that uh, Eric Alper read in 36 hours and just couldn't put it down. Uh, and uh, very, very candid look into uh, the boss's life. You can uh, read more about Eric Alper at that Eric Alper on Twitter, that Eric Alper dot com. You, you've obviously read a lot of music books as well. How does this one stand out in just entertainment value for the average person reading? 
Um, I, I really, really high up there. Um, there's there are certain artists that just cross that generational divide. I think you know I would put it right up there with Bob Dylan's Chronicles back in um, back in 2004 because when when that book came out, it was one of the very first rock autobiographies of somebody that you knew was actually putting his own words down on paper. It sounded like Bob Dylan. His memories. I mean, it doesn't even start with one day I was born, and here are my parents, and this is where I went to grade school. He actually started it with his time when he was in Greenwich Village in New York City, and just the vivid memories that he had walking along New York City during the folk era of like the late 50s and 60s, and seeing all of these performers and really, um, really inspiring him to become a musician. That's kind of like the pinnacle of, I think, where the rock biography should be. And then you've got somebody like Keith Richards, who, amazing as he is, I think we were all in shock that he remembered anything, you know, much less what he had for breakfast that very day. And that's a really fun read, too. So I would put those like one and two. Springsteen now has to go third, because I think just with the amount of personal detail that he goes into when he talks about watching the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show and, and Elvis Presley on that show and struggling it out as, as a bar band in Asbury Park and the rise of the E Street Band. Those stories are kind of unforgettable because you realize just how long it took him <laughs> to hit a born to run. <laughs> Eric Alper, again, our music guru. I, the, I, to me, Bruce Springsteen was always enigmatic because of how much of a superstar he was. Yet he was borderline country star with the way that he treated his fans. Like uh, at any given moment, his stardom could just be taken away from. It almost felt like he never understood his own stardom. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? There, there's a couple of other books that are like that, and and you you hit the nail right on the head when it comes to Springsteen. He never took for granted his popularity or his or his his fan base. If he did, he wouldn't be doing four hour shows as of three weeks ago. I mean, the guy is just his own church and his own synagogue all in one. And it's interesting because there, there's a couple of books that one is called I Am Brian Wilson by Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, and that mm-hmm. comes out on October the 11th. And Mike Love, the lead singer of the Beach Boys, he already has his book out called My Life as a Beach Boy. Both of them are kind of rewriting history. There's a great line from the Beach Boys that's always been said by Mike Love that we all thought was true. And when he, Mike Love first heard pet sounds and good vibrations, he told Brian Wilson in no uncertain terms, don't mess with the formula. Meaning, keep writing, you know, about songs and surfing and girls and cars, and people love that. Don't go nuts writing about other stuff. And it turns out, according to Mike Love, that he never really said that. What he was saying was, don't mess with the fans, because the fans we're going to be the ones that we're going to end up buying it. And the fans were the most important part of our career. Hmm. I don't know how much of that is true, but to relate it back to the whole Springsteen thing, Bruce has never forgotten about the fans. And I think that's what makes this book really interesting and very revealing, is because he knows his fans are going to read it. And he certainly has a lot of fans out there, as opposed to, say, the Phil Collins book that comes out at the end of October, um, called, um, uh, that one's called Not Dead Yet. Phil's been a really kind of personal, private guy for a really long time. Almost two and a half decades he's been out of the spotlight. But that's going to be a really interesting read, too, because even though Phil Collins loves his fans, 
it's not like that the guy is touring every year and continuing to put out albums. Uh, Eric, I, I always appreciate you kind of uh, uh, bringing us kind of the, the review, not just of, well, artistry says that we do this, but whether or not we actually want it or not. So, so <laughs> you thank you. You want this book. In yeah. fact, I will give you my own personal copy of the book so you have something to read over the weekend. Well, and, and I'll even pay you back the shipping once you get it over here. So thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. We'll, we'll, we'll just turn you back to the E3 band. That, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure. The, the, the thing to me that uh, Bruce Springsteen will always be known as is the guy that stole Max Weinberg from Conan. <laughs> that's the only thing I'll ever know him as. You know what? You know you're old when if your kids see you reading that book. And it's like, yeah, isn't wasn't that Conan's old boss? Wasn't that like the guy in the band? You know, so there you go. Eric, you're the best, man. Thank you so much for this. No problem. Have a great weekend. You as well. We'll talk again next week, okay? Absolutely. All right, Eric Alper, again, our music guru, and uh, you'll find him on Twitter, at that Eric Alper, that ericalper.com.